Good afternoon. This is Claire Edwards and Michelle Simo. We're with Divorce Doula, a family law coaching business based in Lafayette, Louisiana. But of course, we're available for virtual sessions anytime. Our mission is to work alongside of litigants when they're going through family law matters, whether it's divorce or custody dispute, or if they're simply thinking about going through family matters. We're very aware of the legal process and we're very happy to implement mental health and coaching. We're here today to talk about the adversarial process. I've got Michelle with me. You wanna say, hey, Michelle? Hi guys. Claire pretty much summed up what we do. Um, it's basically just about helping people help themselves, getting people in touch with the resources that they need as they go through what they're going through. Okay, and I'm a lawyer. I, I've been practicing law since 2012, and I wanted to take some time today to talk about what does it mean when we say that in Louisiana, divorce is an adversarial process. Michelle, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so first, um, let's start with how does a divorce start? A divorce starts when one party files a lawsuit against another party. I actually had a therapist one time ask me, is it appropriate for the child to say mommy sued daddy over or daddy sued mommy over? And yes, absolutely. It is appropriate and correct and accurate, legally speaking, to say mommy sued daddy to get a divorce because necessarily one parent has to be the plaintiff and the other parent has to be the defendant in the first action. There's no way in Louisiana for both parties to come together and say, we are jointly asking for a divorce. It doesn't mean there's not ways to make it feel less adversarial, but at mm -hmm. the end of the day, the way the laws are written, it is undeniably an adversarial one party versus another party process legally. Okay. That's interesting because being from the psych background and not really having the law experience, I've never really heard it um, talked about that way you know, it's one person versus the other or somebody suing the other, even if it is in principle jointly a divorce. Um, it's interesting. Okay, so that being said, um, so this is family law matter and bringing the word family into it, um, it's obviously very personal. So what makes family law feel so personal in the process might feel like an attack at some times. Yeah, and actually I wanna answer this question by quoting, um, a line from Stuart Webb's book, The Collaborative Way to Divorce. Hmm. He says, the embarrassment and shock felt by the one who receives the initial papers may trigger an even more aggressive response. As a result, you and your spouse suddenly may find yourselves heading in a direction neither of you expected or wanted to go well before either one of you has had the opportunity to fully consider your options. So this is really stressing that the family law process in the court is a legal adversarial process, but at the end of the day, when people go home to sleep at night, they're sleeping at home. They're having to work with their ex on whether they're winding up a family business, whether they're taking care of children, whether mm -hmm. they still haven't told their extended family that they're going through a divorce. These are very personal matters. So when someone gets served by a sheriff knocking on their door with documents from the other person saying, I wanna divorce you now, that can feel really striking and really hostile. And it's important for us to talk about this in the divorce doula context, because we want to identify that this simply feels hostile. There's no other way to do it in Louisiana. I mean, yeah, of course you can sign waivers and stuff, but depending on who the other side's attorney is, 
maybe they're not going to be comfortable signing a waiver. Maybe they're just protecting their bar license, preventing malpractice by having you be served with a sheriff. Okay. So would you say that maybe the coaching space is um, a place where we can help people understand, keep those two things separate? So I'm still dealing with this divorce emotionally, but that doesn't mean that these legal proceedings are just going to go away. Um, I guess it may be a good word would just be, it's just procedure, helping people understand protocol and procedure. I think that's a great way to talk about it. Absolutely. The legal process, I, I don't want to say it is one size fits all um, mm -hmm. because ultimately attorneys can kind of play with documents and make them say what we need them to say for our individual clients purposes. Sure. But when we're looking through a code article book, I mean, the only causes of action that are even available is child custody, child support, spousal support, divorce, reconciliation, mm -hmm. nullity of divorce, community property. There's no individual legislative action for, I want custody of my dog that all gets tied together in community property. There's okay. no individual cause of action for, I want my wife to wash those kids' uniforms before she sends them back to my house. That gets wrapped into child custody. And quite frankly, that's not even something that really can be litigated over. So the right. problem that we see in the family law arena is that a lot of laws just stop, but there's still problems left. And these problems are logistical problems, tactical problems, and they can be dealt with from an emotional and compassionate place, compassionate, compassionate place, but um, the law doesn't help. And so, yes, the law has a stopping point and the coach can come in and fill in that gap where the law stops. The coach, of course, can also help hold hands while the litigant is going through the legal proceedings because they they feel harsh. Even when you go to court, um, people right. get excited about going to court. They want their day in court and then they arrive and there's 25 people ahead of them in line. And the judge will take the pre-trials with the first sets of attorneys that are there. And by the time your attorney goes in for a pre-trial, you're like, you've gnawed your fingernails off. It's terrifying. It's sitting there at 1130, you've been at court since 830 and nothing has happened that has anything to do with you. So for as much as family law proceedings are so focused on the individual person, how much legality is actually attributed to the individual person to where they feel heard, understood, feel like their needs are going to be met. That's right. where there's a gap. Yeah, there's certainly a discrepancy there. And um, again, the coaching space could be the space where, you know, somebody comes in with a document and we can't help them as coaches with this document. We can't fill it out for them, but we can sit there while they read it and be like, okay, what are your concerns there? What don't you understand? Compile a list of questions, help them figure out who to bring those questions to, whether it's their attorney or another involved professional. Um, so just trying to bridge that gap, I suppose. That's so true. And also reading through documents. Some attorneys read them through on their own time and don't necessarily read through them with their client. And some mm -hmm. clients don't want to read through something that is, it's yelling about them as a parent. It's yelling about their new girlfriend, their new boyfriend, their, their parents, their cousins. Like attorneys are allowed to write about a lot of people's family members in these family law proceedings. And right. a lot of people just need the time to identify, okay, so this is in writing. It feels really real, but do I feel that it is real for me? You know, that way they can identify, okay, yeah. I don't believe in the truth of what my partner and their attorney wrote, but I'm here to deal with how I can manage my emotions so that I can make sure that my truth is heard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's important because I feel like people can get dragged into things or agreeing to things that they don't even know what they're agreeing to because they have never imagined it 
on paper before. So part of that is acknowledging like, okay, it's on paper. It's real. Do I understand this? Is this what I want? If not, you know, how can we modify this? Um, okay. So it sounds like we can't take the emotion out of divorce and we can't take adversity out of divorce or family law in general. Um, but how can we make the process better for people? How could the legal process be better? So I don't think we can do that, Michelle. I think that the attorneys cannot do that. I think the individual litigants really need to focus on what's important to them and what their values are. And if their value is to make it better and to make it go down in a way that is best for their kids, then they need to be comfortable opening the conversation with one another. They need to begin the discussion when they're ready to break up as they intend for their marriage to have been dissolved five years from now, for them to be co-parents five, 10 years from now. So as long as they're acting like grown-ups, just caught in one of life's difficult situations, they're going to be in a great shape. So Laura Bosser is, I think, either New York or California attorney, and I read her book, and it's called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way. One of my favorite quotes from that book is, any and all legal actions should be preceded by a one-on-one -on -one conversation most likely more than one. But the exchange between the two of you in which you first speak of divorce is a strategic moment. What you say at this moment and how you say it can establish the tenor of the entire proceeding to come and can affect both the results and the price that she means legal fees and court costs and ex expert fees and you know losing financial assets because you're fighting over them and they're depreciating <laughs> results and the price each of you pays. So the, the more that people who are divorcing are willing to be the bigger person and talk to each other, the better their outcome is going to be. Okay. Um, in terms of us as coaches, we can encourage our individual clients to be the better person. Mm -hmm. um, as a lawyer, I've definitely seen problems where I have a client who is being the better person and they're just kind of getting, you know, punched at and manipulated emotionally by the other side. But at the end of the day, they're, they're so comfortable now that they are past that and that they are out of that cattiness and that they are out of that um, lion's den, that it's okay. You know, their value is their sanity over whether it's a bank account or an arbitrary custody pickup location or something like that. Mm -hmm. As long as the person is aware of their values, that's what we're hoping for here. Yeah. And that's big, big work in coaching. Um, what I learned in my training is that it's important to do a lot of best self-work and focusing forward in the way that encourage people to act from moment to moment in line with the person that they want to be remembered as. Um, and that's an important aspect to imagine that from the very beginning, from the very first talk you have, engage the person that you want to be and set, set the ground, you know, set the tone for the rest of the process. I think that's really important. I totally agree. Okay. Do you have more to say about that? Or do you want to move on to maybe telling us about what this looks like in Louisiana, what divorce specifically or family law looks like specifically in Louisiana? Yeah, let's talk about what we see on TV and how we can compare that to what happens in Louisiana. Okay. So a lot of times on TV, you'll see a divorcing couple just sign off on papers around the conference room table, whether they're in their lawyer's office or they're at their own kitchen table they're signing off on papers, turning them in, and then the next scene, boom, they're divorced. That's just not how it works in Louisiana. We can get it really close to working like that. The legislature just passed some stuff so that in 2022, we're now able to get a cooperating couple divorced within about a week or two. 
and of course, you know, that depends on our judges signing the judgments. But what I'm trying to stress is this sense of, and my husband's name is Evan and my name is Claire, this sense of Evan and Claire both sign off on one sheet of paper, turn it into the court and say, hey, judge, can we get a divorce now? That is not a thing at all in Louisiana. It has to be Evan is suing Claire and saying, I'm ready for a divorce from Claire. And Claire just doesn't respond. And then Evan can get his divorce quickly. Or Claire sues Evan and says, I need a divorce from Evan. Maybe Evan responds, but you know, there's no real legal action there. Ultimately, Claire will be able to get her divorce from Evan, even if it means going up to a judge and saying, hey, judge, saying like on a witness stand with a recorder in the courthouse, um, hey, judge, I, I've been married to this man and I'm ready for a divorce and we have been living separate and apart and we are ready for our divorce. Um, of course, in Louisiana, we don't just have that no fault ground. We don't just have living separate and apart. And if, if you don't already know this, living separate and apart without reconciliation, meaning not resuming life as man and woman, or 180 days if you don't have children, or 365 days if you do have children, is what a no-fault divorce is. But Louisiana has other forms of divorce. For example, if there's been domestic violence, you can prove that to a judge and get a, a faster divorce. Or if one party is a felon in jail, that is another way to get a quicker divorce. There's a couple ones out there. Um, I don't see them as often. Adultery, of course, is a quicker divorce. Adultery really has to be proven, though. So we don't, we attorneys um, can be a little squirmy about uh, proving adultery divorces because you basically have to show the judge pornographic videotape or uh, photographs to be able to obtain an adultery divorce. Oh, wow. All right. So you mentioned um, one particular change that happened recently, right? You said 2000, you said January 2022, right? Yes. So it just kicked in and who. I personally think that the legislature, the law institute, the people who make these laws really overlook how people feel when it comes to getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. they, they did change it to where we can get it done more quickly and we're happy about that. Mm -hmm. But that's really truly two non-adversarial partners. And um, thankfully I've had a handful of those lately where those are also cases where the partners have had to already live separate and apart for 180 days or 365 days. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones who are able to file their petition for divorce, get it back from the clerk's office, take that copy they got back from the clerk's office, give it to the, the soon to be ex-spouse. The ex-spouse signs off on an affidavit saying, oh, I got my certified copy and I waive all my rights. I'm not gonna file an answer. I don't wanna be notified. I am ready to get this divorce. They have to sign that document in front of a notary and then go and file it with the clerk of court. And then after that, I think it's a two-day waiting period. And then the judge will sign off on a judgment of divorce. So that's the absolute fastest possible, least adversarial feeling way to do it. Mm -hmm. But again, back to the psychology of a divorce, these parties have already been living separate and apart for a year. They've already right. been through those feelings. They've already had to set that tone with one another. Okay. We're going to decide we don't want to file paperwork, which means we're both on the line for any community property issues. We're on the line for any spousal support. Hopefully the person who's paying auto insurance, cell phone bills, electricity continues paying that stuff. If they don't, then you kind of have to go to court and file a more adversarial form of a divorce. So when we have those more adversarial forms of no-fault divorces, is that the most conflicting thing you've ever heard? <laughs> I would call that a 102 divorce. Um, the 102 divorce you file while, while you haven't lived separate and apart for 100 days or 365 days. And the key reason 
for filing while you're still living together before you hit that separation date. The key reason for that is to protect yourself if you need to file for spousal support, child support, child custody, or to protect your property in case you're scared that that other person is going to sell things without telling you or take out credit card debts without telling you mm -hmm. and those or liquidate IRAs, 401ks without telling you. Those are the kind of things that lawyers stress over. And so for a lot of people, if we as the lawyer don't really feel that our clients trust one another, like our client and their soon to be ex-spouse trust one another, we're right. going to push them into a little bit more of an adversarial situation than their emotions really want to be in just to protect their finances and to protect their rights because that's our job yeah absolutely um so what other ways might louisiana be better you know maybe less insensitive towards the process so there's come up a um a possibility of an adverse an affidavit uh, divorce, but the problem with that is, of course, property issues. And we're seeing a lot of property issues with successions anyway. When hurricanes ravage through and people are living in multi generational homes that they don't actually own, and insurance isn't paying out, we don't want to see that happen in divorce. Also, we want to be sure that our divorce judgments go through. It's crystal clear whether the house is a community property house, a separately owned house. So those are the things that are, are roadblocks for for dismantling the adversarial, adversarial process, this property-related issues. Um, and of course, another roadblock block for dismantling the adversarial, adversarial process is domestic abuse-related issues, because we want people who are in domestic abuse relationships to be able to come forward and say, I am suing you, I am cutting you out of my life. Mm -hmm. But aside from major property issues, or honestly slimy slash backhanded slash not quite thought out about all the way property issues aside from those and aside from domestic violence i don't know what stands in the way of us getting uh you know just we both sign off and agree that we're going to get divorced i don't right. even know if i would mind if there was a waiting period you know i was talking to another attorney recently and he was really cute and he goes well i wonder i feel like you know how when you go to sign up for a marriage license what if you like had a checkbox on your marriage license where you could agree to do an affidavit only divorce? And I thought that was the most brilliant idea. So Dang, we can yeah. really be creative about how we get divorced in terms of changing laws, yeah. but in terms of what we have to work with right now, right. Louisiana citizens are really in a position where they need to be working with a counselor, a therapist, a coach to bolster a counselor, a therapist while they're working with their attorney. Because yeah. for as much as we want to compartmentalize these things, they're, they're major. A divorce is a major life change. It's a major yeah. transition and it, it deserves to be taken seriously. Yeah. And that actually brings to mind something that um, a fellow coach said the other day. She was talking about how she has seen even the strongest people be brought to their knees by divorce. And so having never gone through this myself, like that just makes me wonder, not wonder, but just really acknowledge these huge transitions that people are going through and these decisions they're having to make. And it's usually over a pretty good period of time too, that they're having to be under this stress. Um, I agree. So. And I think the, the brought to their knees is most shocking, especially from a financial standpoint. It's hard mm -hmm. enough to run a household with two people's incomes. It is very debilitating to run a household, two households with two people's income. And there's the personal injury guys I work with or are friends with will say, Oh yeah, there's a widow tax when you when your husband passes away and you have to pay for your own auto insurance. Auto insurance is literally more expensive when you're a single person. When my husband and I got married, 
We didn't even have to join plans. We just had to tell our companies that we were married and they reduced our rates. So when people get divorced, things like that creep up. Like suddenly you're paying $20 more a month for auto insurance. And suddenly you don't really want to be attached to this other person's cell phone bill. You know, you don't necessarily trust them to pay it. So instead of having a joint $120 a month cell phone bill, you each have individual $90 a month cell phone bills. Right. So those are some major um, structural issues. And honestly, you know, we're talking about auto insurance and cell phones. That's not even Louisiana law. So we have some major issues that come up that are just structural issues. And people need to be kind to themselves and compassionate with themselves when facing those things. Yeah, absolutely. And again, with coaching, I feel like, I mean, even as coaches, you as a lawyer, you still can't predict every small thing that's going to come up. So I think that it's important for people to understand that there's probably always something else that they're going to have to deal with, you know, very true. Um, true. Kind of exterminating that expectation. Like we signed the papers, it's over. Right. Right. (laughs) Just wait patiently for that actual divorce judgment. Another structural thing is we see health insurance. The health insurance companies or the HR companies of someone who's about to be getting divorced will like breathe down their employees back and be like, hey, you got your final divorce judgment yet? We're ready to kick off your spouse. So (laughs) they're, they're just some real inflexible pieces of the divorce process that- is they really shouldn't be normalized. They're horrible. They're completely awful, but uh, they are there for now. And (laughs) if we can help people just be soft with themselves when they're hit with these hard rocks, that that's the best way to handle it, I think. Yeah. Well, and that again goes back to what we said at the beginning about just helping people keep the two things separate. So I'm going through this as a person, but also looking at it almost like a business transaction, like these. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Some of the smoothest divorces are when both parties treat it like a business transaction. Absolutely. And maintaining that throughout. You know, I'm sure it's one thing to have that intention on the outset, and I'm sure that gets challenged repeatedly. Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay, well, I feel educated on this. Do you feel like you've said everything that you wanted to say about? I have. The overall topic was really just addressing how to handle the fact that in Louisiana, divorce is necessarily adversarial. Mm-hmm. Um, we squeezed in a couple of other causes of actions for divorce. We squeezed in a lot of best practices. We squeezed yeah. in some uh, unhappy truths about divorce that are <laughs> gonna happen to anybody, whether we're, we're playing with spousal support, we're playing with community property, we're playing with children or not. These are some, this is, this is just the baseline. It yeah. can only get um, more taxing from here. So to le- help people start off on the right foot, is the goal really of this discussion. Yeah, I agree with that. Accepting the things you can't change and taking action where you can, I suppose. For sure. Well, I'm Claire Edwards and it was a treat to talk today. And um, I'm so thankful that Michelle Seymour was talking with us too. And we work with Divorce Doula based in Lafayette, but of course we will take online clients as well. Any closing remarks, Michelle? I don't think so. Um, I just want to thank you for sitting down and explaining this. Cause again, I come from a place of lacking knowledge in a lot of these areas. So for the audience, this is organic. My questions are real. And while I can <laughs> read about all these things here and Claire talk about these things is, is an experience that's educational for me as well. So well, that's awesome. I'm happy you feel informed. <laughs> and Oh, our website just launched www.letstalkfamilylaw.com spelled just how it sounds. L E T S T A L K F A M I L Y L A W.com. 
But keep in mind, I'm a Louisiana attorney, so I really don't know about other family law. And also keep in mind, it's a coaching website. So it's more of a place to think about family law than actually litigate anything. (laughs) And like Michelle's been stressing, we're here to help people with their emotions and make things smooth for the whole process. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Check out our website, letstalkfamilylaw.com, like Claire said. But we are also on Facebook. The name of the page is Family Law Coaching, but you can also find us by typing in Let's Talk Family Law. And then we are on Instagram as well. And the name of that page is Let's Talk Family Law. So check us out where you can and we'll see you all next time.